Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? How we doing? How we doing? Welcome to opening set episode number tres. That's three for my uh, non-Spanish speakers. Very gargantuan, giant, humongous, awesome guest by the name of DJ D Sharp. And by the way, before we jump into this awesome episode, John, the producer, John Reyes. I like to, I like how I say producer every time I mention his name. Like you don't know who he is. <laughs> John and myself want to thank you guys for all the support and just positive comments and and reshares and tweets and retweets or whatever you want to call it on opening set. It's totally surpassed my expectations, and uh, I'm so just genuinely touched and honored uh, on your support. So thank you for that. Uh, make sure to follow us on all socials. That's you know opening set on Instagram, on SoundCloud, on Mixcloud. I think by the time this rolls out, we should be on iTunes. If not, keep an eye on it so you know uh, when you see it, you know when to subscribe. Today's guest, like I said, DJ D Sharp, known to some just as the Golden State Warriors DJ, but to me, he's way much more, and you'll know that by the interview. But also an amazing club DJ, touring DJ for underground darlings such as Quantum, to uh, the turn DJ for uh, Kelly Rowland. Yes, that Kelly Rowland. And of course, Miss Lauren Hill. Yes, that Lauren Hill. Like, it's crazy. I didn't really have to call her Miss Hill. That whole thing about looking her in the eye and all that stuff, it never applied to me. I don't know why. But my boy, Kev Choice, shout out Kev Choice, he had got called. She was in Emeryville at the Expressions. And somebody was like, yo, Lauren Hill is here and she wants somebody to play keys and they called him. She shows up like three hours late. He's almost ready to go. But then she gets there and then like she keeps him there until like, I don't know, it it must have been eight in the morning or something. Because, you know, it's late. God bless her. Like, you know, I pray for her a lot, for real. But she taught me for sure worth ethic. Like, I mean, I always had it. But like after that, I was a beast. This episode is a perfect example of why we started opening set. Yes, we can talk about, you know, touring and club life and things like that, but also we get some insight into what makes a DJ a real person. Aside from the big accolades, we also get to hear how D-Sharp balances being a husband, a father, and really how spirituality fits into this crazy lifestyle of being a globe-trotting DJ. And of course, if you want to know more about Mr. D-Sharp, you can follow him on all socials at DJ D-Sharp or visit his website at djdsharp.co. All right, here we go. Enjoy it. I think we do about 45 or six minutes. Yeah, let us know what you think. Thanks for tuning in. Opening set, King Most, John Reyes, DJ D-Sharp. Let's go. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Opening Set with your boy, King Most, and my friend, John Reyes, riding shotgun, producing the show making sure it doesn't, you know, run off into the abyss. Today's very special guest is a homie. We go, yeah, we go back. We go back yeah, we've done a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. Um, I call him Derek, but the whole world knows him as D-Sharp. Yes, DJ sir. Extraordinaire. Hey, hey. Air horns, air horns. Con- yeah, confetti, a dude shooting a t-shirt out of a cannon, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, and like I said, me. Yeah, yeah, no, you were definitely on the one of the first people I was like, okay, your story is really unique because you do a job that only at best 30 other people do. Right. And that is being a DJ for the Golden State yeah. Warriors. Oh, uh, yeah. It's insane. But 
to me, you're way more other things. Your story doesn't just end there, start there. Right, it's a right, bunch right. of other things. You had this really dope campaign you're rolling out your website. Who is D Sharp? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that, that. Yeah, you broke the internet. Everyone yeah. was like, yeah, like, you had Z Trip <laughs> co-signing, you got Shadow co-signing, you you yeah. had just tons of just ill people, rightfully so, bigging you up. And I went back to that site again last night and I found this really cool quote or whatever in the bio and you say it is two things that really stuck out with me you said not born with an equal edge and to the people that can't figure that out clarify not, a little not bit born with an equal edge yeah um i'll keep it a buck man that was the dude who wrote it <laughs> <laughs> who did that but no i gave him a bunch of stuff and i sat down just like this not with mics in our face but he interviewed me um, the guy who wrote the bio, that was something that he wrote in the bio, really. But if I can touch on what it meant, yeah. what he was saying, not born with an equal edge, I guess. I don't know if it's from where I come from. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Which is where, my friend? Uh, Oakland, East Oakland. And, you know, straight up, all odds are against you, right? Like East Oakland, Brookfield, like you're not coming out of there. You know what I mean? It's like crack fiends and dope dealers. You know what I mean? So maybe that's what he touched on because we did have conversations about that. We talked about like how being in that atmosphere got me into DJing. So maybe that's where it came from. I okay. No, that I knew what that meant, but yeah. I wanted, you know, I yeah. wanted to be sure. Yeah. And also in the bias is the Oakland edge. Yes. Maybe you want to talk about that too. So man, like straight up, I look at myself, like I'm Oakland to the core. You know what I mean? Like it's in me. I was Born and raised, lived in pretty much every neighborhood in Oakland. And, you know, the Oakland edge is just, it embodies everything in Oakland, man. Like, you know, from the Panthers to like the music scene and to like the politics and like Oakland is the center of the world in my eyes, at least, you know what I mean? When it comes to protests, when it comes to like... Like with the music, too short and the hustle and selling music out your trunk. And yes. That concept being taken worldwide. Now it's, you know, the internet, but that's what it was. It was like the hustle. I got tapes pressed up, you know, I got them, pop my trunk and I'm selling them, you know, so... I think that's what that is. Yeah. I miss that, Eric. Uh, I caught the tail end of the indie era, you yeah. know, like making your tape CDs and going to Rasputin's. Yes. You know, like, That hey. was crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude. Like, I mean, Cass was getting checks, yo. Uh -huh. I would go to Amoeba, Rasputin's, and like all these different record stores and just like, here you go. And then they'd be like, here's a check. Be like, oh. That's it? Know, yeah. yeah. And like, know? oh, they bought, oh, they, or they call you and like, oh, we need a re-up. Like, yep. Oh, yep. You like, shit. <laughs> Yep. You're going to buy a 10 more? Yep, yep. That's 20 yep, of the 100 mom. I pressed up. Yeah, exactly. Mom, we're going. This is yeah, it. Yo, yeah, quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sell I'm selling indie hip-hop turntables and tapes. Exactly. Well, you, so you, you're in the, the mixtape hustle then, too. A little bit. I wish I had done more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think, man, like, I'll be totally honest. I think for me, I kept a lot of stuff to myself. I didn't want it in the public, really. Why? I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I think it was fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fear Me of what people are going to say. Yeah. Fear of like, they're not going to like this or they're not. Like, now I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Fuck you and what you think. You <laughs> yeah, I, I got 20,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh -huh. But I think when I look back on it, I think that's what it was. Uh -huh. It was always to me too, like, you know, making mixtapes, it's like a process and then you got to be like extra creative and like just making sure that like your mixtape stands out from another DJ. You know what I mean? From your intro to your blends to like how you produce it. Like, so all of that stuff always stuck in my head whenever I made a mixtape. You know what I mean? Like I got like 10, 20 mixtapes I wanted to produce, but I ain't did it yet because I'm like, damn, how am I going to start this intro? 
<laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, even like, I don't do intros as like I used to. But you I'm, don't have to no more. Unfortunately, yeah. But I remember back in the day, it was like okay, you have like scratches, your chorus, exactly. Like you don't have any freestyle, an exclusive, or any like rare. It, it was a process, and exactly. I think that is gone for better for worse. But it's out of here, dog. Yeah, yeah. But I want to go back to the whole fear thing. Is that because maybe you were just, just such a music head that you had like high standards, or was it really That's exactly what it was? What it was? Okay, high standards perfectionist you know what I mean like even now like if I listen to like stuff I released or like stuff I put out I critique it like hell most of the time I don't even listen to it yeah it's, it's probably better that way you know what I mean but you know I look back on that and I think that's what it was it's just like and I got some dope shit that like I ain't it's too old though you know what I mean <laughs> like, well, thing, I was just listening to a friend's random old like hip-hop tape whatever from 2008 and a lot of people told us if it's good it'll be good five, ten years. So mm-hmm. maybe open up those old Pro Tools. Yeah, exactly. What, what, it eventually went into Pro Tools, but four-track tapes, mm. like, you know. You had a four-track? Yeah. What'd you have? I had a rolling, um, damn it, the eight-channel joint. A gray? With the, the, the gray, gray. Oh. yeah, yeah. I forget the name of it, though. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I had that. That was my big come-up. Yeah, I came up on mine, too. Yeah, yeah. no, no. That, yeah, I think I got it for eBay, but before that, I had the Tascam 424. Tascam, yeah. It was four channels, and it was so, I beat up so much, I had to, like, tape the RCA wires in the back, because they, you know, because they get loose, you had to keep right, jiggling, right. and, you know, we were poor. I yeah. I couldn't afford new equipment, right. but we just made it work. Yeah. And for the people that are listening don't no, a four track was basically the cassette version of what Ableton and Pro Tools is now. Basically, yeah. But you literally, it was on a tape, four channels, and if you messed up, rewind, redo it. And if you redo it too many times, the quality of tapes Tape, are getting yep. bad. <laughs> and then you couldn't just... I still got tons of four track tapes, man, mm-hmm. like just chilling. Yeah, because the know? Oakland area you're coming up in is partly, you know, like the for lack of a better term, like the street tape world. Yeah. You know, like, and then also the kind of backpack underground world. And totally. I feel that's one thing I've liked about you. You've been in the middle. Because you're such a music guy. That's the thing, too. Yeah. I think going back to what the dude was saying, too, in the bio is like, I've straddled the fence forever, my whole entire career, between like street and, you know, club, and then, you know, straight hip-hop and backpack. And you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like, I can go kill a 45 set all 45s you know what i mean but cats don't book me for that type of shit because they know d sharp for being in the clubs you know what i mean that's what d sharp does but i got records you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) like does that shit drive you wild because for me it does you know people put you in a box that's what this shit is like Uh and it's on you to do certain things with branding and stuff like that to keep yourself out of that box you know what i mean but yeah like i say 45 sets or breakbeat sets or you jazz know band I mean? with kept choice yep yeah. all, all of that stuff dog like man i mean if you're talking about too just like the people that i've toured with the crews that i've been involved with you know dj shadow and quantum collective you know what i mean like those are my brothers you know what i mean from going there to traveling with lyrics born and then planet asia and then clyde carson and uh-huh. then lauren hill and, and then kelly Rowland, kelly <laughs> Rowland, you know what i mean so it's like oh. Yeah. All of these different people, peeping Tom, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, Mike Patton and his side project, which took me everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? Like, we were on tour with Gnarls Barkley when they first dropped. Yeah. So that shit was insane, you know? It's crazy, like, the stuff that I've done, a lot of people don't know. Like, I seen somebody the other day on social media, actually... It was Eric Arnold. Eric Arnold. Yeah, you know, the yes, writer. Yes, of course. Bay Area hip-hop historian, and he posted on Facebook, and people don't do this, and I almost wanted to do it, because I did this shit like four years ago, where I was like, 
post all of my accomplishments and shit. Like sometimes you gotta do that. Sometimes you but gotta you do, do that. that taste you know away. what I mean? Yeah, like because yeah, people people yeah. don't know or they yeah, forget. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's funny to me. But when he did that, I was like, damn. And he was like, give me the crown, like. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. the Bay Area hip hop historian writer, and it was facts. Yeah, you couldn't deny it. You know what I mean? And it's like sometimes you gotta let people know. And is that a, again a continuation of the Open Edge, or just probably? Yeah, you know what I mean? And like with me, you know, with the Warriors, perfect example, right? Everybody's like, "Yo, how come you're not Steph Curry's DJ, or how come you're not such and such, and how come you're not this, and how come you're not that, and how come this?" And I'd be like, "Look, at the end of the day." I, there's nothing against it because I'm cool with all of those guys, but like, I'm not going to be in your face trying to get that. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that's the Oakland in me. Like, I ain't no dick rider. I ain't no, uh, yeah, you, I, ain't, you, I don't kiss no ass. You'll reach out, you'll network within Thank you. a certain reason. Hey, if yeah. I present it to you and it's there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you roll with it or you don't, it's cool, whatever. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Or we could keep it however. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But for me, like, I just don't do that. Like, where I come from, we don't do that. We don't kiss ass. We don't get up under cats and like try to show face and be there. That's not what we do. You know, I guess I'm that type of guy too. Like I reach out, I start getting that weird feeling. Like yeah. I feel, it doesn't yeah. feel right. Don't feel right, then it's cool. And it, hey, that's fine if it's not cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's like, you know, you reach out and it don't happen, it don't happen. You move on to the next. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And the thing is, I think for you, you'll be fine regardless if it... I, yeah, it's crazy, but you know, I mean, I'm blessed, man. Like, got my family and, you know, the Warriors, and, you know, I get great opportunities from that. But, like, I look at it just like you said, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? that's good you mentioned the family thing. Cause I want to ask you, because some of the guests we've had, they're in like three boxes, like, no family, just starting. I think you might be the only one so far that has two children, mm-hmm. married, a house. How do you even do that? Because I can't even get a dog because I'm afraid it's going to mess up my DJ career. Like, <laughs> I got to wake up at eight to walk it. I'm sure it took a lot of things to kind of, or was it natural? It just, everything clicked? Well, or what the happened? thing was like, when I met my wife, mm-hmm. she was in the scene. So she understood what it was from the gate. And it was funny, like when we were dating and she would go with me to events and stuff like that. Like she just from the gate understood what it was. Yeah. So she understands the grind. She understands that, okay, that gig only paid this much for this time and this gig paid this much and we're cool. But then, you know, we got weeks where we don't have anything and that's fine as long as you're hustling and as long as you're out there, you know, getting it done. You know what I mean? And I think that's really what's important for anybody in a relationship doing what we do. Your spouse has to have your back 100%. I mean, I love my wife, definitely, but it was huge in me putting a ring on it. Like, yo, she got my back. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, man, I got a, a young homie right now, I ain't gonna say his name, but he's an up and coming rapper and he was telling me about his girl and he's like, yo, man, like, she be tripping. I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm like, yo, bro, you young. I'm not gonna tell you to leave her alone, but like, if she ain't letting you be you and she don't understand that this is what you love, you got to let her go because she's just only going to be in the way. And that's the thing. My wife wasn't in the way. She understood what so it there was. was. Never, there was never an issue of sacrifices. Never. Wow. That's never. Great. Yeah. Everyone's been in that position where it's like, I got to do this gig, but I got to go do this. Don't get me wrong. You have birthday parties and shit. <laughs> like, you have you know, christenings and family functions and all of that stuff. And you make the plans to make all that work, right? But I mean, it's totally understandable. If I got a gig in New York, you know, and the bread is good. Yeah. <laughs> you go do that. Yeah. Like my wife is not the type to be like, well, it's your son's birthday. 
how you going to miss your son's birthday? My wife's like, oh, okay, well, you know you had that gig. You better go get that money. Like, And make know. it up for Tim after the fact. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because my boys know too. They know what a daddy does. So it's nice. like, they kind of cool with it too. I mean, sometimes they get upset when I leave and go to the games without them. <laughs> but they understand though. Yeah. You know? So this whole idea of like, oh, you need to make a choice or really, it, it, for you, it was just, no, nah, it was pretty seamless. I mean, you, I, you know, you have your bumps in the road, of course, but mm-hmm. like with her supporting me, it just made it much easier. And I think that's the key. Were you with her during like the Lauren Hill, Quantum, Kelly Rowland era? I met her at the end of all of that. Oh, okay. So that was another thing. Like <laughs> I got all of my touring and all of my <laughs> shit out. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was comfortable with being married. Okay. Like I didn't did everything. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was like, it's cool. So. And when he says everything, that means room service at three o'clock, <laughs> sleeping in, <laughs> eating bad. That's nothing yeah, else. Nothing else. Yeah. 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 So, you don't drink. So right, whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and that was, a, she was a big part of that. When we first started dating, she's Catholic. Uh-huh. So then it was like, yo, Lent's coming up and you got to give something up. And I'm like, Lent? What the hell is Lent? Like, I don't, you know, I'm from Oakland. I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> so then, you know, I grew up Christian, but not like Catholic yeah. Christian or whatever, right? Yeah. So then she's like, yeah, you got to give this up. So I was like, all right, cool. She's like, I'm giving up fried food and alcohol, whatever, right? And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do the same thing. Nice. And that's what I did. I uh-huh. gave that shit up and then I didn't go back. And it was ill. And that's been how many years now? Right now, going on... Eight years? Eight years. Seven, eight years. Not eating fried fish? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do that too. Yeah. Fried fish is every once in a while. But alcohol is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was easy. It was never a problem. It was never a, It was never a problem. Yeah. Or, no, or but thing. the thing was with touring, yeah. and you know this with DJing and like, mm. you know, you get drink tickets or you get a bottle and, you know, and, and yeah. we work three, four nights a week or sometimes, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So like if you out there every single night and you drinking like man it takes its toll on yeah, you you know feel what I mean? it. you, you feel you it you feel that yeah, shit you yeah. know what i mean and one of the best things about not drinking was just my money started just looking better <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it yeah. was like crazy yeah so it was basically it was all pluses no minuses except all for the pluses, like no oh i don't drink and someone's gonna give you oh come on don't be a pussy or maybe if you that got, bro I, if i've that. had that so many times and then it always turns into them like yeah i'm gonna quit i've been meaning to quit or they <laughs> they give you the uh that's a good idea maybe you know, i should do yeah, that too because i quit too months ago for a week and then I started back. That's not quitting. That's just, that's just, our producer John's point himself. Well, I think it's funny because I haven't drank, I think since like November. Nice. I don't miss it. I think actually on Sunday, I went out with my girlfriend and I think I had a drink and like a little beer and I was like, you know, I'm good. Before yeah. it would have been like, yo, what's the shots? Yeah, like, yo, the where's shot? the yeah. blunt? Let's yeah. get some Let's edible. Get it yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, 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 I don't know, you just at one point you realize, truthfully, sometimes it's just self-medication. Sometimes it's really just habit. You know what it was with me too? I had a good set without drinking. Yo, that's the best, dude. When yeah. I had a good set without drinking, I was like, oh, I don't need to drink. No. No one really needs to no drink. No one needs to drink to have a good... Like, I used to think back when we were always working together, yeah. uh-huh. a lot of cats would get at me like, yo, we want you because you're on the mic. Yeah. And I think the drinking helped me on the mic a lot. I believe that. I'm not on the mic like I used to be. Oh, word? I, I, I mean, know. I still do, but I'm not like how I used to be. Okay. You know what I mean? That's so, one of the like, things I, I loved about you because you would be... I would be too shy at the time and like, you know, let, let Derek speak. You know, like, <laughs> right, let, let right him shine. Shout him out. David not, Ali, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, uh, shout out David Ali. That's yes, yeah. But now, 
I do it. It's the same way. Like I've had nights where I killed it on the mic, uh-huh. killed it on my set, and I'm good. You know what I mean? So um, you mentioned the whole your wife and her being Christian. I remember I saw this years ago, and it, to this day, it still stands out. You were in the first friends that I followed that you would tweet regularly. You know, God is good. And how does that fit in spirituality? I mean, and this is a question I have for my friends that are Christian, Catholic, Muslim, whatever. How does that fit into entertainment and DJing and, you know, larger than life kind of lifestyle that we live? How, how do those things work off each other? Man, you got to give thanks every day, right? Like we woke up, we breathe and we hear. I'm here talking to you guys. Like I'm thankful for that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In terms of like religion, like everybody, yeah, you could talk about how Christianity started and how Muslims and this and that or whatever and Buddhists and like you can go yeah, on Israelites, all Israelites, five percenters. Yeah. There's one God, right? Uh-huh. Like uh, at the end of the day, somebody created all of this stuff. You know, there is a higher being. Yes. And I don't care who you pray to or who is your God, but yeah. at the end of the day, you need to be thankful for everything. And not saying that like, well, yeah, everything is because of God. I can't say that. I, can't, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's what I learned back then. And it's funny you say that because back then I made it a point to do that, which was like I didn't care because before I would be like I started really getting into church. That was nothing with me and my wife. Like I was going to church by myself. Oh, wow. And then she was already going to church by herself. She was Catholic. I was going to a Christian church. Mm-hmm. And then once we started dating She's like, oh, I go to church. And I was like, I go to church too. Oh, wow. She came to my church Uh and I went to her church and we was going back and forth. And then when we got married, her pastor was a great pastor. Uh Um, I was like, well, I'll just rock with your church. Uh (laughs) And that's how it went. But going back to it, like, I really believe it's important, man, to just give thanks, man, and to be thankful and grateful for everything that happens for you. Yeah. Like, um, any opportunities, even when shit goes wrong, uh-huh. it's like you still alive. You're yeah. thankful for that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I got into an accident in a fucking parking lot. Can I cuss? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got into an accident at the parking lot in the Oracle Arena, and I was pissed. But then, right I was like, so. yeah, yeah, I was like, I just thank God. I was like, all right, thank you, God. It could have been worse. It could have been worse, right? Yeah. And then I noticed too. I keep it a buck. Once I started doing that, things just started changing. Okay. When I was just being grateful and I was just like giving thanks and mm-hmm. praying and and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, reading the Bible, just stuff just started happening. Mm-hmm. It was like, not saying that my life hella transformed, but yeah. it was like, yeah. you know, I got married and then this happened and that Clarity. happened. Yeah. Was, a lot of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think it's something that all creators, you know, DJs included, we kind of need and look for that. And maybe sometimes we look into that, we find that in producing or scratching or, you know, alcohol, drugs. Yep. But it is that clarity that there's no noise. There's, there's less noise. Right. And we're, you know, hopefully have the ability to kind of like, anytime there's some bad luck that happens to us, we don't flap the handle. Right. Know, our hands are on the string. Well, it's a little bumpy, but we're not all over the place. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing that I think none of us we really share and talk about with each other is how do we cope with the highs and the lows, lows that happen. Right. Because it ain't all, you know, like social media, how you think it, everybody is balling. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everybody's everybody's winning. winning and getting the big gigs and working, and, uh-huh. you know, but that shit ain't true. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of still bother you too? Like, damn, uh, I wish I would have done that. I've gotten over that stuff. Okay. Like, you can't do everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Kind of what we're saying earlier, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for all my brothers to get gigs, and we all gig, we all work. The problem I have is when somebody tries to block that 
from happening. Yeah, that's terrible. For you anything, I mean? yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, that's the only problem I would have. But other than that, like, I'm cool with it. Like, if somebody brought my name up in that opportunity, just don't be like, oh, D-Sharp don't want to do this or D-Sharp that or like, you know, don't, or D-Sharp has this crowd or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we good. Right, yeah, just don't say anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and be positive and constructive, not, yeah, exactly. not, not a hater. Moving ahead, the whole touring thing, on your resume, you mentioned a couple people. I have to ask Lauren Hill, the eye contact thing. Real? Is that, is that just real? <laughs> this might be a separate podcast. Dog, seriously, I was going to say that. Like, <laughs> it would be a separate podcast, dog. Like, it's crazy. I didn't really have to call her Miss Hill. That whole thing about looking her in the eye and all that stuff, it never applied to me. I don't know why. But my boy, Kev Choice. Yes, shout out to him. Shout out Kev Choice. He had got called. She was in Emeryville at the Expressions. And somebody was like, yo, Lauren Hill is here and she wants somebody to play keys. And they called him. So he ended up going to the session. She didn't show up for the session for like three hours or something before she got there. And for listeners who don't know, Lauren Hill is notorious. Notorious. Like, it's almost... It's expected. Right. It's like three hours late for a show. She comes in like, yeah, what? What's up? What? Yeah. (laughs) Too many stories. But anyway, she shows up like three hours late. He's almost ready to go. But then she gets there and then like she keeps him there until like, I don't know, it must have been eight in the morning or something. Because, you know, it's late. I think he got there at 11, stayed until like, two or three and was like, look, I'm ready to go. Like, she coming or like, you know, whatever. Then she shows up and then they end up working until like seven, eight in the morning or some shit. For 24 hours? Oh, like, no, she goes at two and then eight. Yeah, yeah, okay, right, okay. right. But that was that was what it was for us on the road. Like, like you said, like, that's really what it was the whole time. And then it was just like, God bless her. Like, you know, I pray for her a lot, for real. But um, she taught me for sure worth ethic. Like, I mean, I always had it, but like, I don't know. I feel like she was just doing that shit to do it because she was Miss Hill or Lauren Hill. But like, she would keep us like, I'll give you one story. It was my first gig with them. We rehearsed with Kev every single day for basically 12 hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, 12 hours every day. Every day, learning the music and all of that stuff. And she never came. She came like the second to the last day before we flew out. And then she changed everything we learned, right? God damn. <laughs> So then we getting ready to go. We fly to Japan. Soon as we land in Japan, we all know Japan is like a what? A 14-hour flight? Yeah. It's a long uh, flight. Look, give or take. Give or take. 14 right? tops. Right. Yeah. It's 12. Yeah. 12, yeah. So we fly after rehearsing and then having to pack and all of this stuff. Like we fly to Japan. Soon as we get to the lobby, like the ride from the airport to the city is like an hour itself, right? So then soon as we get to the hotel, we get a lobby call. Like, all right, everybody put your bags up. We're going to rehearse. Like, I'm, I'm just got off a flight, man. I just got off a flight. Yeah, I know where I'm like, at. You know, I've toured before, so I'm like excited about getting some sleep and like <laughs> beating the jet lag. You know I thought what you said I mean? excited about getting on the stage. <laughs> no, I was excited about getting some sleep. And like, so then we have to go, and then everybody's pissed. So we go and we go rehearse. And again, bro, she don't show up until like we got there at seven. She didn't show up until like maybe midnight, one o'clock. When we got out of there, it was like 7 a.m. The sound check for the gig was at one. So basically, we just had to go back to our hotel rooms, get freshened up, go to sound check. She wants to rehearse at sound check. 
It was just, it was crazy. Yo, hearing this gives me so much anxiety, man. It was crazy, Cause bro. I, it's Because you get that tire where it's like in your eyes and it's in your head. Dog, it's like, it, it's like a cloud. But it was crazy because like she would do stuff like, everybody be like, oh, we killed that. And then she'll come and be like, what the fuck was that? And just be like, it'd be like, whoa. Like everybody, like we all happy. But she like, we're going to rehearse after this. We were in Amsterdam. Everybody ready to go. Amsterdam it, it up. Amsterdam it up, right? <laughs> Dog, she made us go and rehearse after. She's like, it just sounds like she had like the uh, the evil like stage mom kind she, of vibe. Dog, like it's crazy. The, the Jackson. But, type, yeah. but like I said, like the worth ethic, like she had me and Kev, like I became a beast on the MPC because she wanted these crazy drum patterns and like I would just build my library and like she was happy with that shit. Like me and Kev would make 10 beats between like coming from a show and then going and then having to come back packed, but we got to make these beats because she told him like because he was the music director okay so she told him like uh i just heard this and i want you guys to flip this like this and do this like that and then and i wanted when we land in italy (laughs) be like damn and this is an era where again you're using the npc for our our listeners it's like a big drum machine i've 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 taken on tour and things heavy you need a case in the that, case. And that's heavy as even heavier. And not a laptop. So you're with the drum machine lugging around the world and trying to crank out 10 tracks as fast as possible Bro. at a high standard Bro. and making sure Lauren Hill likes it. And you, so were you like just on edge the entire time? The entire time. time. You're on, you've been so terrorized. So it, it helped me. It helped me like after that, I was a beast. You know what I mean? Because like I was just like I survived Lauren Hill. I survived Lauren Hill. Like, <laughs> you you should get a T-shirt. You know what I mean? I survived Lauren Hill you, you, tour. That's all I that's got. That's actually a t- good idea. That, we'll go. <laughs> Give, come here, check royalty <laughs> quarterly. We're good. But yeah. no, yeah, that's it was insane. But she was something else, man. And then you know that whole thing with her, that tax situation that happened where she went to jail uh, for. Oh, how do you fit into this? That story? was because she didn't pay her taxes on paying us. Oh wow! Yeah. So you're kind of part of that, <laughs> bro. It for real when it happened because it was from her tax year from 2006 to 2008 or nine, I think. Uh-huh. We were on the road with her from the end of 2006 to like the beginning of 2008. Uh, so when you saw the news, you were like, huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. But oh. then how we were getting paid, like that's another story. Mm-hmm. But like how that was happening, I was like, oh, it's no way that this shit is going to be like. Was it know. cash? Yeah. It was okay. like on the up and up, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> here's your money. Like, check it, you know. Count, count it. it. <laughs> You're like, all right, cool. Okay, I guess I have a couple but, thousand dollars in my pocket. Right, all right. exactly, exactly. But it was it was crazy, man. And so, you know, DJing for arenas full of fans. So when it came to Warriors time, this was like... <laughs> Because I'm looking at it, you play for 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Again, you're one of, if, assuming that all the NBA teams have a DJ, that's 30. So you do the job of, like I said, one person out of 30 mm-hmm. people in the whole world, 20,000 people a night. Because you're not DJing for 200 people like we are in clubs or 300. Right. It's, what is, I, you, I'm sorry, I do not know. It's insane. Let me know. Did you, did you ever fill in when Solomon was there? I feel like you did. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I never filled in, but I would definitely gone to games. And actually, that's how the whole that's thing how, started. That's how you. the whole thing started. So like early to middle 2000, Solomon saw me with Black Alicious at the Justice League, which is now the Independent. Mm-hmm, which is a classic, classic, classic. hip-hop club. Yes. Hip-hop and just music club in general, yeah. especially early 2000s, late yeah. 90s even. Yep. Shout yeah. out Mike O'Connor. Yeah, so he saw me there and um, he was like, yo, he came up and like sought me out. I was like, yo, 
I like your scratching. Like, I DJ for the Warriors, and would you be down to do a two-by-four set? And I was like, yeah, you know, exchange information. And then we booked it a couple of months down the line, and I did it, and it was fun. This is when the Warriors were trash. See, and that's why I messed with you, because you were writing, this is before the We Believe yeah, era. So you what, yep, were doing yep. it when no one gave a fuck. People would go to see a Warriors game to see the other team. Exactly. Yeah, and our friend John, the producer, who's a diehard, uh, you know. Kings? Oh, my <laughs> God. What? <laughs> see? But here's the thing. When the Kings, when did they ever get their glory years in our lifetime? Maybe. I don't know. It, it, John maybe. should get, like, his own seat and even DJ for them or whatever. That's dope. But, but That's you dope. were, yeah, but you were there when knowing Yeah, it, from the beginning, Like man, that movie Major no one, League. Like, dog, yeah. they would give me passes, uh-huh. and it was difficult trying to get people to take the passes. Damn. Now it's like, yo, you want to go to a Warrior game? Or like, not even that, like, everybody's like, yo, I mean. What's up, Derek? What's up? Yeah. Remember me? Know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were there in the trenches when no one gave a when crap. Nobody gave a crap, man. And so Solomon held it down. Solomon, we both know, is yeah. an incredible DJ and God bless the dead. He was a phenomenal person too. Like, he looked out for everybody. Well, the fact he approached you at a gig. Yeah, I think, I think a, even GJ's now, we're still like, well, I'll see. Or we, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I think I'm better than that. But, well, not better. I think I wouldn't, I would be like, yeah, I'll reach out to him, shout him out. Right, right, right. But yeah, there's still that ego, that mm-hmm. hubris that is in DJ. He didn't, he didn't have that at all. Uh-huh. And so he approached me, I did it, and it was fun. And then he had an email list that he would send out. He was a busy DJ too. Like he was mm-hmm. traveling the world and stuff and doing his thing. And he would send out emails to cats and be like, yo, I'm going to be going Orlando game, Phoenix game, but there's a Heat game, you know, <laughs> or there's a Laker game. Yeah, like, okay, You know what I mean? Time, be like, yeah. be like, who wants these? Like, he just sent it to a bunch of DJs. And then I would always, for some reason, be the first one to respond. I feel like once I got in front of the Warriors people, eventually they were like, look, just book D-Sharp. When you go on, that's who we want. And what years were this? This, this was, was like through the We Believe. And oh, like, okay. Yeah, like, so I was kind of like the second guy all the way up until he passed. Yeah, so I was, was like 20, 2012. Yeah, and that's and actually that's the year before the Warriors started. They got it was playoffs. Dude, it was insane. I mean, it's bittersweet, bro, but yeah. like it was insane how it happened because like right after that is when the shit changed which is crazy to me. Damn, it's giving me chills, dude. It trips me out every time I talk about it. Like I said, for me, it's hella bittersweet because Solomon was the man. Yeah. And if he was alive today, he would still be there. You yeah, know what I mean? rightfully so, so. Yeah, rightfully so. So, And it's so weird. I, I always wonder about this too, about my career, is that knowing that one person we met that one night, that 10, 15, five years, it's like, it starts this chain of events that mm-hmm. lead you to this, now we're here. No, it's, it's crazy. so weird. Yo, one of the models I live by mm-hmm. Is never shit on the person on the bottom. The person below you. Never. Okay. Like even if the motherfucker's sweeping the floor. Oh yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Like be nice to that motherfucker because one day that motherfucker can give you a check. Or just in general. In general. Yeah. Just like on GP. Just on. Yeah. You feel me? Like yeah. just don't do it. Like, yeah. And I learned that. I mean, I saw Diplo coming up. Like I was on tour with Lyrics Born. Diplo opening up nobody in that motherfucker. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he was the first act. Like Now he's And Diplo. now he's Diplo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, that was insane to me, seeing that. Yeah, I remember when he would come out to SF, uh, he played Milk, and he would hit me up. Because we knew each other with, like, the internet, like, early message board things. And I would drive him around, and he's like, yo, I need to borrow all your hyphy records, because I don't. we can't find those out in Florida. I think he was in Philly. And, yeah, like, he borrowed, like, blow, not blow whistle, um... One before that, it's just the drum beat. Don't, 
them oh, so damn fresh. Burn rubber. Burn rubber. Burn yeah, rubber, yeah, yeah. kick the sneak and all these things. And uh, yeah, he was, it was just like, who's this dude just coming through? And then all these things started happening and it was just now that like. that guy is like, I look at him, I'm like, yo, more power to you, bro. Like you did that shit. Yeah, he he finagled like dude. That guy, I think he's the ultimate hustler. The ultimate, because even he would be at Groove Merchant. We would go, you know, like record digging. Because that's one thing people don't know. He's a record digger. At one point, he was deep, and he would just somehow take over the store. And everybody would come in. He would sell his own T-shirts that he had in his bag to the people buying records. And oh, you need that record? I got it. I'll get you for cheaper. I'll trade you my. It was just it was seeing like Houdini. Right. It was like what the fuck. So yeah. I, I can I'm not surprised he's at where he's at. Cause I could just see what he did that in a little record store on Hate Street and then you just stack that up, yeah. stack that up. And nice. I used to imagine the, you know, I can, the things he's done but always in this very like quick, you know, because he's still, he's like a dude from Florida, like right. backwoods Florida. Right, right. Kind of like crazy watching like his show, like his progression even, mm. like it's, it's just crazy to me to see that. Like it was a trip. It yeah. Was a trip and then I, I learned it and then another guy was Pretty Lights. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty yeah, Lights yeah. in, in, in uh, Fort Collins, I think. I think it was Fort Collins. Uh-huh. Lyrics Born was working on his record while we were on the road uh-huh. and ended up stopping in Fort Collins and needed an engineer and it just so happened to be Pretty Lights. You know Damn. what I mean? So we're chilling in his studio. No one knows who he is. He's opening up for Lyrics Born sometimes, but sometimes not. You know what I yeah. mean? But he's just a regular ass DJ and now he's fucking Pretty Lights. Yeah. <laughs> now he's, he's under the Pretty Lights, you know the big I mean? neon lights. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it just, yeah, I mean, that's something you just never know. It's you always, never know, dog. Like, yeah. I, I, so I, I, man, I, Everybody coming up, I'm like, nice too. Yeah, well, no, because you're you're a pretty easygoing guy too. Like, it's hard not to find you with a smile on your. Yeah, hand. I try to be nice to everybody, and it's funny too, because like even coming up now, it's like people be like, "You don't remember me, huh?" Be like, "Sorry," like, but you're honest. Like, no, I don't. But re- remind me, or do you, yeah, what do you remind me? Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Can you please tell me? And then it's like, oh shit, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, you know. Uh-huh. So. Do you do I have a lot on the street? Like, yo, you're the uh, is it okay? Is it D Sharp? Is it Derek or the Warrior dude? It's one thing I hate for sure, and it's DJ Sharp. Everybody calls me DJ Sharp. DJ Sharp. Like even when I'm walking <laughs> from the floor to where they house me, people see me be like, DJ Sharp, DJ Sharp, DJ Sharp. Play some Ivy. Uh, <laughs> What's up with the Mac Dre? <laughs> That's good you mentioned that because uh, kind of saying you know DJing for twenty thousand people, you're not just playing. For OG fans, you're playing for the this it's, new it's, wave of uh, people visiting Oakland, let's say, and then also the front office and the players. Dude, Can you explain that to me? Because it's insane. Like, is it a juggle? I mean, is it what? Because of where I come from, and like the DJs that I've grown to admire, or like try contemporaries. To yeah, 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 yeah. All of that prepared me for the Warriors. Okay, in the sense, if you understand what I'm saying, like, you know, you get people who come in, like I say, they want to hear. You don't play enough Bay Area. <laughs> Or you don't play enough old school. What's up with the trap? Or what's up with this? Or like, you know what I mean? But it's like, what I do is every set, I try to make sure that I touch everything. So it's a lot of remixes. It's a lot of, like the best way to explain it, it's Red Bull 3 style, basically. So the Red Bull 3 style is basically, was it 15 minutes or 20 minutes? 15, yeah, exactly. God damn, I remember doing it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. You called me, you're like, should I do this? And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, dude, do it, man. Like actually- I came in second to Jazz with Oh, well, that's not a bad, I didn't even place and I lost a four color Zach. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm kind of proud. Every time I see them, I'm like, hey, man, we always joke about it. But we already had a history before that, so it was all good. But yeah, it's 15 minutes, Red Bull. You're basically trying to play every single genre and fast, as precise yes, and original. Yes, so, yeah, so Red Bull, Lauren Hill, touring, a lifetime DJing. 
it's really not a big stretch for you then doing the Warriors. No, no, that's what I'm saying. And then Quantum, that was like boot camp for me. Yeah, let's talk about Quantum. We, yeah, yeah, no, please. Like those guys are wonderful guys. Like that's family. And like when we went on that tour, that DJ Shadows like Quantum tour, 2004. Yeah. Like that tour was probably, and I'm not saying it because I was down with them. I may be a little biased, but like that was one of the best hip hop shows I ever witnessed. Because it was moments where like I go and I DJ for Latirics and then I come off and then Shadow goes and he does his thing and then Black Alicious comes on and then I go back and I DJ for Lyrics Born and then like, but it was so seamless. We rehearsed and we put this shit together. Like it was an hour and a half show. It's like a review. It was like a review. You know, I have family in Atlanta and family, um, Chicago and places and they came to the show and they never heard no quantum music and they were just like, oh my God, they asking Lyrics Born for autographs and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? But that was boot camp for me in terms of like seeing those guys, Chief Excel, mad meticulous yes. and like how to put sets together and like how to play songs and this moment right here and freestyling to this beat, you know, and then we go into this and then there's a low, you know what I mean? And then there's a high. Just constructing a set to the point where it's really something that your grandmother is seeing and be like, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, that's really what it was. So that helped me a lot with DJing, with preparing for the Warriors even. You know what I mean? Latirics, this was pre-Serato. When they asked me to DJ for them, I quit, by the way. I was a manager of Foot Locker for years. <laughs> and I quit my job to go on tour with Black Alicious. After that, you know, when the touring stopped, my grandmother passed. So then I was like, I had to get off tour, go to the funeral. But then after that, it was slow. So then I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, damn. So then I got into real estate a little bit, started selling. I think I kind of remember that. Yep, okay. Doing real estate and yeah. shit. And then doing gigs here and there. And then still touring. And then I deaded real estate all together when like Lauren Hill came and then all the other stuff started happening. Oh, and then Flipside happened. Oh, that's it's right. Crazy. Yo, the Flipside. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Okay, explain Flipside because I think they were like an anomaly in a way. Dude, and shout out my man Piper. Piper just, I mean, I don't know if I should share it, but he just sold a screenplay to like a big ass fucking Hollywood studios. Good so, for him. Good for him. I love seeing these like long stories. Like, yeah, I've been doing this for 15 years and I, now I'm getting my success. Yeah, so but, I, I kind of get the same thing with Piper you. is funny because we just met up and like Piper is the kind of guy that this type of shit happens to. And like, <laughs> so, so the Interscope deal uh -huh. Well, flip happened. side, explain flip side because to so, me they were just a real unique thing. So touring with Black Alicious and Quantum and Lyrics Born, we used to always rehearse at this place called Soundwave in Oakland. Dave, who's a guitar player for Flipside, I was the only DJ Dave knew. It was me and I think somebody introduced him to Mike Realm because Mike would... Yeah, would, he was in that lane, yeah. He was going through there too sometimes. So we were the only two DJs that he knew. He worked there and he was like the host or what do you call it, the clerk? I mean... What, yeah, I'm, maitre d'. Yeah. The, the receptionist? The receptionist. Okay. He was the guy at the front like, you know, checking your cords and your microphones and all of that shit. He was that guy. And he was mad cool, mad chill, smoke weed with you, whatever, and then just like, yeah, you know, tell stories and shit, hella funny. And then one day, we're rehearsing and he comes in like, he's not working there no more, right? Okay. <laughs> he's like, dude, we just signed with Interscope. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, this story, like, common amongst a lot of people who are in the industry. Like, man, I just signed with such and such. That doesn't mean anything. That don't mean that shit. That can actually mean the worst thing for exactly. your career. Like, exactly. You're done. Exactly. And they own your shit. Exactly. Yeah. So he came in there and he was excited. We just signed with Interscope. We're going to Brazil. We're going to go play some shows out there. And we're working on our record and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool, man. Congratulations or whatever, right? So I knew Piper... You know, he's always been rapping in Oakland. Yeah. Long story short, I'm in a rehearsal with Lyrics Born. We're getting ready for a tour. And he comes in and Dave comes in and he's like, yo, we're getting ready to go on the road and we need a DJ. And I'm just like, damn, dog. I mean, I know some cats I hook you up because <laughs> I'm rehearsing with Lyrics Born right now. So I'm yeah. not finna just be like, you know, I'm Bye. out. You know what I mean? But then Lyrics Born says, oh, you should do that shit sharp. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> The what? money be better. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So he's like, you should do that shit. Like, I'm like, for real? You sure? And he's like, yeah, don't trip. And then he started putting the band together. So it was perfect timing. So then the whole time this shit is going on, I still don't believe it. And then they say, we're going on tour with Snoop Dogg in Europe. It's going to be Snoop, the game, and then us. Like us, the game, and then Snoop Dogg. This was the game's first tour, like ever. First tour ever. His DJ was DJ Quick. What? (laughs) It was crazy to me because I'm like, DJ Quick is a god, whatever, right? So anyway, we go do this first tour. The tours just got bigger and bigger as we were going. And we were killing it over there. Like, people, like, was reacting to us like we were, like, this big-ass, huge fucking, like, thing. And, like, but it was the way that we constructed the show that made it like that. Well, I remember the sound was a mixture of, like, it wasn't just hip-hop, though. It wasn't hip-hop at all. It was supposed to be the rock rap shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, around that time. Like, yeah. Linkin Park was huge. Like, before I got with them, like, I hella studied Linkin Park because that's really what they were trying to... That was a template. That was a template. Yeah. And then Linkin Park just... It was like that same year, that shit just changed and nobody was like trying to do that shit no more. Like the rap rock and then it was the mashup era. So like that was dying down. The mashup era. Right. So it was all of that stuff. So like then they started focusing heavy on hip hop for Flipside. So then after the Snoop tour, we ended up going on tour with Game on his first headlining tour. And the DJ Quick still... No, DJ Quick, he changed DJ Quick. He had DJ, I think dude's name was Chris Dow or something. Dude was cool. That was he was home. I see his name on like either LA stuff or DJ City stuff, something like that. Right, right, right. So um, and I think he still DJs for him actually. But so then we went on tour with the game. That shit was crazy. And then after that, we came back home and then we recorded the song. And it was kind of like I felt like they was breaking up the band because they were trying to focus on Piper and making Piper the next Fifty Cent because (laughs) Piper was like this huge, yeah, like yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And he can spit on some Pac shit. If you listen to him, you would be like, damn, like, not that he sounds like Pac, but like, you definitely feel the ghost of Tupac when you're hearing him. The cadence. Yeah, the cadence and all that stuff. So I think they were looking at that. So then we recorded this song. It was called Happy Birthday. And it was huge in Germany for some reason. (laughs) So we went to Germany a lot. Wow. I was on a plane going to Germany like every other week and then the record label finally said look we gonna put y'all over there so then we did a little tour over there i mean the flip side shit was crazy dude so all right so we have flip side lauren hill the warriors Oakland yeah lauren hill up. happened after you bringing hella memories yeah no that, that's why I'm we do this about thing. how the definitive how all this shit how all this shit like how everything happened leading to the next thing yeah 
Well, that's it's crazy. It is. And when that's, I think yeah. about it like now, let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. when it's happy, you don't like stop and you're just like, okay, I got to do this now. I got to right. do this now. Exactly. So now you shared crazy moments or phases in your career. What are you looking at next? I mean. So right now, I'm really on just doing production, man. Like, yeah, that's doing, another question. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Doing a lot of production and kind of work with different artists. Just, you know, experimenting and learning new things. And I think, like you mentioned, uh, the thing I did with the Who Is D Sharp. Yeah. I'm getting ready to do something like that, like a whole new a reintroduction. Like Oh, like kind of like the way like Marley Marl did or Mike Will, like get a bunch of different artists together. Yeah, well, I'm definitely, definitely going to do that. But okay. like right now, the Warriors is on One autopilot. Thing. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. But now like I want to do more shit. You know what I mean? I want to do more production and more just music-based shit. Yeah. Because I never really touched on that. I had Definition of a Star, which was like 2008. Uh-huh. That and did you rapped. okay. I rapped. Yeah. I forget you rapped, dude. I rapped. <laughs> so I had that. So I'm just basically getting back in the studio right now. Like I'm in the studio tough. Me and Kev Choice and Zumbi from Zion I, we all have a collective space. We've been working. So now it's because you had the luxury now to kind of like, okay, everything's on autopilot, like you said, and you can now focus on yourself a little right. bit. So this is kind of like circling back to like, yo, I make beats too, and I rap, exactly. and I got 45s, and I, I probably got won't. I won't rap. I think I'm cool on rapping. Really? Yeah, I'm good. Like rapping. a chorus? I don't know. I mean, I might. Say yeah, I now. might get on a chorus or something, but like, you know, I don't think I'll, like, I can rap, and I have rapped. I got whole projects that probably would never see the light of day. <laughs> I think you said at the top that this whole fear, like it's not good enough, I will put it out. That's not in your mind right now. That's totally not that's, in my that's mind. That's an old Derek. That's, yeah. That's yeah, Derek, that's, that's, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's old Derek. So sure. when can we expect this? Soon. Okay. I'm almost ready now. The thing now, though, I just don't want to just throw shit out. Yeah. I want it to hit people. I want it to have an impact. So yeah. that's what we're working on right now in terms of just trying to figure out that whole process. You know, I mean, you got everything, you know, like, yeah, I could put it on SoundCloud and I can go get a distribution deal and do... That empire. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, how's that going to cut through? And how's that going to cut through? Because that's what everybody's doing. So um, it's just trying to figure that out. But I mean, pretty much ready to go, like just dropping stuff. I just want it to be a rhyme and reason behind it. Like, I just don't want to just be dropping shit to be dropping shit. But sometimes that work for cats. Yeah, and that's, and that's another, like, well, out of nowhere, like this, yeah, yeah like Brockhampton, what, who, and yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Like, the SoundCloud era is insane. For better or for worse, man. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel that era is like what we, like the raucous indie backpack era, but a different animal, but in the same spirit. That's, that's, a, that's different. Yeah, that's different beasts. Yeah, but it comes from, if you want to trace it all back, from Oakland, where you're from, exactly. out the trunk, Indiana, man. Exactly. What up, man? Well, yo, Derek, man, thank you so much. D Sharp. Hey, thanks for having me, man. No, I, dude, I this I feel like this was just, I was just listening. I hope, um, you know, we talked about what we needed to talk about. Dude, it shit, was you know? the story of D Sharp, and yeah. I think we got a lot of that, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, how can people find you in case they're oh, stupid? Don't know where easy. <laughs> Everything is just DJ D Sharp. Uh-huh. Um, got a site, djdsharp.co. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, everything, SoundCloud. Um, All over the Twitter, world. Instagram. I mean, if people are still, well, Trump's on Twitter like crazy. So. <laughs> For now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> For now, right? <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. But all of that shit is just at djdsharp. Yeah, man. And you'll find you in a club anywhere in the world. Find me in the clubs and of anywhere course, in the world. And of course at Oracle Arena. Yes, Oracle Arena is home. And uh, championship? Yo, I think so. 
I think so. The look on John's face. <laughs> I think so. I went to you guys' arena. It's nice, man. Uh, yeah, I went to yeah. the Janice show there. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was cute. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much, Derek. Thanks You're for awesome, me, guys. man. Yeah, D Sharp, yeah. everybody. Yo.